This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact handy carrying case and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade the other handle has the saw that comes with it so I use the saw to split the pelvis and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out right so uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple very easy and the the knife is sharp and uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking fishing kayaks. What you need what's a nice to have, what's a need to have, things that you should be thinking about or considering when looking at a fishing kayak, all that kind of stuff. So it was an interesting conversation for me, especially because I'm thinking about getting a fishing kayak. So I kind of got to pick Jeff's brain since he's done fishing or enjoys fishing from a kayak. So before we get into that though, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a deer scent company, as as the name obviously implies, but they're also getting into the predator scent market. So if that's something that uh, you like to do, whether it's for trapping or using it on your coyote sets, anything like that, they've got options for that. So <clears throat> deer scents, as well as predator scents, go to mastinsdeersense.com. Check out what they have to offer. They've got great prices on everything and lots of different types of scent products, not just liquid scent. So jump over to their website, check it out, mastinsdeersense.com. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? So, what's up, guys? You been uh, anything interesting happening here recently in your neck of the woods? Uh... I guess I would, I don't know, interesting or just shows my stupidity, but I was over at the property the other day and decided I was going to burn, try to burn a brush pile. Well, that was a mistake. Um, it was way too windy and I just burnt a lot of grass and no brush. <laughs> so luckily I had like fire breaks, natural, I guess not natural, but from where we mow, we mow like paths through this like kind of unmowed area that I had a pile of brush in the middle of and they worked as fire breaks perfectly because otherwise I'd have had a problem on my hands. It was moving through the grass pretty quick. So, so 
I think, and I don't know, I've tried to look into like the Ohio revised code and get the actual details on this. On the burn ban or whatever? Yeah, every spring you see something about a burn ban. But sometimes I look into it and like campfires, if they're under like two feet high by three feet wide or round, they're okay. But like I, I have not been able to find in the Ohio Revised Code the actual information to, you know, get right. it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Because you see it all the time, like March, April, May, and then I think October, November, no open burning between the hours of 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. But, it, I mean... Every fall, you can, I mean, you can just drive down the road and see people burning, burning brush. Burn, you know, I mean, it's like right, right, not uncommon. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I my thought was, I mean, it was pretty wet. I mean, that area was pretty wet, so I, I mean, it was a little. I knew it was windy, but it was pretty wet. Like all the grass was wet, everything was yeah. wet, and I was like, oh, this will be no problem. I'll be able to just burn this and yeah well none of the sticks burn like zero and all the grass <laughs> I, that, so, what day was that sunday uh yeah that was sunday so i was trying to grill I, you know i was trying to run the grill yesterday cooking burgers and i had to keep the grill up high enough because if I turned it down too low, the you know a gust of wind would come around and it would blow the flame out, blow the burners out. And uh, I I don't know, our house. It feels like sometimes it like if the wind is the right direction, like the house funnels air around it or or something. You know, it's like sometimes it's gustier right around the house or it does weird things right around the house you know like the smoke i guess like anything right structures change wind direction and it just does weird stuff with you know you think you're out of the you've got the grill set up the right direction to where you're not going to be getting facefuls of smoke but then five minutes later you're getting facefuls of smoke right but yeah it was uh it was gusty dad and dad and dan actually came over yesterday same day to shoot because dad's been trying to outfit his 44 mag. He got a scope and Jeff, I think you, ha- you helped him order a hammer spur and, uh, and get it sort of set up for yeah. scope, right? Yep. Scope, and, scope rings, hammer spur. Yeah. And Dan got a 350 legend and they had plans to shoot at dad's. Well, you know, come time for Dan to show up, I guess the, his neighbors were, it seemed like having a birthday party or something. He said there was a bunch of kids over there out back jumping on a trampoline. And, you know, while it would have been, I mean, they, they wouldn't have been shooting their direction or anything, you know, it's, there's a bunch of kids out running around, you know, he, he didn't feel right going out there and shooting. So he asked if he could come over here. We, we actually weren't home. He called me and I said, yeah, sure. I mean, you can, help yourself to stuff laying around back there to, you know, make up a shoot and rest or whatever. And, but he's, they did what they could, but with the wind being as gusty as it was, you know, it was hard to kind of really get things 
dialed in, Dad said. I guess Dan was well, having a hard time yeah. with his, his mount. Did he tell did you guys hear about that? Yeah, yeah. Dan was having a hard time with his mount, yeah. His mount. He's got, yeah, yeah so, his I scope mean, mount. Well, yeah. I guess it has a it's a quick release scope mount. Yeah. So it just has like a lever to completely release the scope. And the recoil of the gun was basically releasing that lever. So the scope wasn't ever really, you know, you tighten it to the to the gun, shoot it a couple of times, and the scope's completely loose. Yeah. So I'm not sure who sold him that, but I don't know. I've that never, was I've never had good luck with those types of scope mounts, you know, like a rocker scope or a quick I I mean, they work, but I don't think it's very hard to get them to hold a true zero on any gun that has any type of recoil. Not that a 350 even really has recoil, but when you get a gun that really, yeah, I just, cause I've had, I think it was a 30 out six I had that had one of those like rocker scopes where you could rock it out of the way and use the iron sights or mm-hmm. rotate it back in and then it'll kind of clip in that thing you couldn't i mean you could hit paper with it consistently but i mean it was a 30 out six i was shooting at 100 yards i should have been able to touch the holes i mean and it was i mean it was just not even (laughs) yeah i wonder if those are like because i don't know that i don't see those styles i mean the quick release ones yeah but the like the rocker style I i don't know if those were you know an older style sort of uh when guys were okay with like minute of pie plate accuracy you know (laughs) right yeah yeah (laughs) could be yeah the days where it's like oh you can hit a pie plate you're good (laughs) right yeah yeah but yeah he like jeff said it's got you know it's got levers on the side and yeah I mean, he even pulled it because we showed up right as they were packing up and he pulled it out of the truck and and showed it to me. And he's like, yeah, this mount, you know, and he pushed on it then and and they moved, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm taking it back. I'm going to have them get this figured out. And so I don't know what it would work on, you know, because like 350, one of the one of the selling points of 350 legend is low recoil and like i said his has a he's got a ruger american and it has a factory muzzle brake on it all right so it's even less yeah so but yeah that was a a windy gusty day so jeff you were saying something through our our ongoing text message about a uh what was it a a park or something that somebody's proposing to rename yeah yeah so uh i post this to our social media so if you guys follow that uh you can see it there um but a state representative because i didn't know you had posted it there (laughs) yeah 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 but uh a state representative uh from trumbull county uh is proposing he's looking for a co-signer uh for uh a bill to uh 
change the name of uh, Mosquito Creek State Park to Donald J. Trump State Park. So that's been getting a lot of interest online, oh, you know, both man. both ways. I guess on what grounds or justification, like what does he feel that Donald Trump did for the parks or the state parks or wildlife? Like, is there any justification behind it? Not arguing he didn't do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know of anything one way or the other. I just, I don't believe yeah. that he was a like, super friendly environmental guy. Typically, the Republicans are more, yeah, anti, in, not it, like anti, but yeah. I think he said uh, basically it was in honor of all the good works he did for the state, and just kind of oh, left okay. it at that. And I mean, typically. I, my opinion, this is just my opinion, uh, Donald Trump was very good for wildlife. The environment, maybe not so much. You know, he was he was very friendly to wildlife, maybe not so much to, like, the EPA, basically. You know, pollution. He might not have been as friendly there. Okay. So I, I'm just I laughing know. because it's uh, a representative from from Trumbull County. And, uh, you know, if listeners have listened for any amount of time, you know, we have uh, grandparents that live in Trumbull County and grandma out there is uh, <clears throat> we hunt on her. We hunt on the, the farm out there. And grandma is a staunch, staunch Democrat and hates Donald Trump with every fiber of her being. <laughs> and uh, one of her representatives yeah. is uh, yeah. turned back on her. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she might be the only one out there who doesn't like Donald Trump, though. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, Trump-heavy yeah. when you drive down the road. Because like I was saying to you guys the other day, I have to give the uh, Trump supporters credit, and they're not, they're keeping it on. Their signs are up, flags are up. Yeah, yeah. They're just continuing on. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and um, I guess when it comes back to, uh, you know, like changing the name, like, I might be okay with changing the name of uh, Mosquito Creek Lake, you know, because that's not a very uh, tourism friendly name. Like, no, it's not very inviting. It's like, I, I'm going to stay far away from that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Mosquito Hatred, you know, that's uh, that's bipartisan there. That's not a partisan <laughs> issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not necessarily against changing the name, you know, and I mean, it's just named. I mean, it's a man-made lake, so we had to come up with a name for it and we just named it after the creek we dammed to, well, one of the creeks that we dammed to make the lake. So, I mean, I'm not super, uh, I don't know, attached to the name, you know, if you will. But I, I don't know. I mean, kind of my opinion is maybe we should name our state parks after 
you know, our Ohio uh, celebrities, heroes, whatever word you want to call it. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I fully support them naming Jesse Owens State Park that like that's that's a good name. He should have a state park named after him. Right. You know, so I I would be OK with changing the name. I just I don't know if Donald J. Trump is uh, I mean, it'd probably get some tourism because like Jacob said, like uh, the Trump supporters are are keeping keeping going. So, yeah, I'm sure they would come just for the name. Yeah, but uh, it feels a little polarizing, though. You're right. Yeah, it's def it's definitely polarizing. And, I, I, you know, maybe maybe we don't name uh, a whole park. Maybe it's a playground, you know, a picnic area. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that would be less polarizing. Right. You know, or. I, yeah. And also maybe just a little too soon. Let's let's let history tell its story and uh see see how good or bad he was after right, yeah. some time has passed so yeah but yeah unless uh unless he doesn't find a co-signer which i think he probably will you know there's got to be another representative in the state who's willing to co-sign that um that'll be something that we'll probably hear more about because there'll be a a bill to change the name and hmm. i'm sure people i mean it it's already on social media people have very strong feelings yeah i'm sure you know well anything related to donald trump people have very strong feelings right it's uh it's a very polarizing figure rightfully so or not but yeah, you can get well, b- both ways. I mean, people love him or hate him. There's nobody, very few people, at least that are outspoken, that are like, yeah, he was okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, it was either he was the greatest, or like you said, there are people like our grandma who hate him with every fiber of their being. Yeah. Spend a lot of time and energy hating him. Yeah, that's for sure. But so, Jeff, do you usually get into much early season fishing, like this time of year, March? Yeah, most of my fishing is probably this time of year. I mean, this is yeah. I, I I enjoy crappie crappie fishing early season. Okay. Um, I'm not I. I'm not much for the heat, so I don't really like being out midsummer. And I feel the fishing's terrible. You know, I don't have much luck. So this time of year is when I, I mean, maybe give it another week or two. But this time of year is when I really like to be fishing. I have the best luck. Yeah, I find um, being out on the water in, you know, like, july august there's not a lot of shade out there <laughs> yeah so you, yeah you just cook yeah yep not a lot of shade yeah and uh i also i mean depending on the lake when the big boats get out you know i kayak fish so when the big boats get out all they want to do is try to sink your kayak 
You know, they they could care less about you. Yeah. I could see you guys having great fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So so speaking of fishing, kayak fishing, do you guys watch or have you seen any of the YouTube channels where these guys they're just YouTube channels of guys going out fishing, whether they're on a boat or they're on a kayak or you seen any of these? I've seen a few, uh, you know, just fishing YouTube. I don't know about many guys on kayaks. You know, I there's one guy that his videos pop up occasionally. He's a he does deep sea fishing or I, I don't even want to say deep sea fishing, but saltwater fishing. And uh, I'll watch him some. I couldn't tell you the name because, like, it was just a YouTube suggested video. And for whatever reason, oh, I think I know what it was that caught my attention. This guy was using a duck lure, looked like a baby duck, baby duckling, big, you know, big lure, fishing up a river. And I couldn't tell you where it was, but it was fr- freshwater because he's catching pike on a duckling lure from a kayak. Yeah, and that's I think it was cool. the duckling lure in the thumbnail image or whatever that caught my eye. And I've done this before where I, for whatever reason, I'll get sucked into one of these channels or, or themes <laughs> and like some amount of time goes by. And all of a sudden, I like wake up from my stupor of like, what am I doing? Why, <laughs> why did I just waste the last hour watching a guy fish? I don't. I don't right. Does that ever right, happen yeah. to you guys? Or am I the only one that gets <laughs> that gets sucked into no. these uh, wormholes? No, I definitely get sucked into that. And yeah, fishing, hunting. Well, I guess mostly just fishing, hunting, but all kinds of hunting, even stuff that I don't really participate much in. You know, it's still like, oh, man, this is cool to watch. Yeah. Now, in my defense, that like watching those pike smash that because it was like a topwater thing. You know, this thing would kind of skim across the top and the it had feet on the back that sort of acted like little propellers or whatever, you know, and so it would sort of flap its feet in the water as he reeled it and they would, they were slamming this thing. So it was kind of exciting in that regard. But, uh, I think at one point he, it was not a cheap lure. Like we're not talking a $10 lure here. You know, I don't quote me, but he, you know, it might've been closer to $50 lure. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. I thought. <laughs> but, but yeah. Because, yeah, uh, I think $10 is expensive. Yeah. You know, if I'm spending $10, it's like, man, I sure hope I don't lose this thing. I need to, I need to, like, build out my, my fishing kit, I think, this I year. I, Cause I've just got like pieced together stuff from when I was a kid from, you know, that I probably stole out of dad's tackle box or, you know, bought a thing or two here or there, 
ended up, you know, with somehow. And uh, it's it's quite a hodgepodge of stuff. So I, and some of them are have gotten like, like, I think I told a story on here. I took Ella fishing um, at a friend's pond for bluegill. And I had this little spinner bait that, you know, it's got a real small hook on it. And we were catching bluegill on it, but through the course of catching bluegill, the treble hook on the back, one of the, one of the hooks on the treble hook broke off. So it's now it's a two hooked treble hook and, you know, it's just stuff's old and needs refreshed, but I need to, I need to sort of build out my kit a little bit this year, I think, just get, if we're going to do more fishing, Ella seems to like fishing, so. I need to make sure I have the <laughs> the necessary supplies. But speaking of this, these yeah. guys, YouTube fishing on kayaks. So this guy, I mean, I don't know if he has a day job or if he's just a YouTuber. I would imagine. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe you could make a a living as a a, a YouTuber um, filming fishing videos. Maybe I don't. I I don't know. But. Uh, I mean, he had, I think he had some sort of a, an electronic anchor that when, like, he got a fish on, he could push a button and you would hear this, like, humming. Like, he had a remote, I think, on a, like, on a lanyard around his neck or something. You would hear this humming, and I think it was, I think it, now that I think about it, I don't think it was an anchor in the sense of, like, a weight on the end of a rope, but I think it had a pole or something that was tied to either the front or you know somehow mounted on the front or back of his kayak and that pole would it it wouldn't work in deep water but like river channels and stuff where you, you know you got a couple feet of water uh i think that pole would just drive down into the 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 bottom of the stream or whatever the river and hold him there while he was trying to reel the fish in or do, you know, do something so he didn't drift downstream. So he had like, yeah, that's interesting. Seemed to have quite, you know, an elaborate setup. So I guess, because yeah. Jeff, I was mentioning to you, you know, Amanda and I were thinking about getting kayaks and I was actually looking today a little bit into what it would take to get a roof rack for, her car you know her suv to haul kayaks and so then it was like well if we're going to be having kayaks maybe i should be thinking about fishing out of kayaks and i know you've done some kayak fishing so yeah i just let the fish drag me around though i catch a big one it just it just drags me i mean we you know i reel it in it reels me in Either way, the line gets shorter. I get closer to it. You know? Yes, that, that makes good sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I and I've only ever had one real bad experience. And, I mean, I you know, I was reeling in a fish, and it took me into the trees. You know, the oh. trees overhanging. <laughs> and, I mean, okay. I, you know, I guess I could have lost an eye or something. All, you know, all I got was, like, a little scratched up but so you got to watch yourself you got to watch out for the trees 
sometimes you got to put the pole pull down you hard and paddle to, the other way. Right. They're not going to pull you hard enough to like drag you out of a kayak or something. I wouldn't imagine, right? No, not unless not unless you catch a monster. I mean, I mean like a real monster. Yeah, no, they're not going to pull that hard. They'll they'll pull you around, you know, pull the kayak a little bit. Right. But no, they're not going to I mean, yeah, I mean, we're not talking like swordfish or, you know, something right. like that. Talking Right. I mean, I guess bass. if you caught like a a large muskie, you know, like I still don't know if it would necessarily pull you out of the kayak, but it it would definitely pull you around. You know, cuz right. I'm just saying like large it, catfish it, and yeah. It just If it drug you into trees or something like that, like you oh, would yeah. just sort of get hung up in the trees. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. 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 I would say so. We need to pause here quickly to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So Monster Whitetail Grub has everything you need when it comes to feeding or supplementing deer. You can use their signature feed to get deer in front of your cameras if you want to monitor antler growth or fawn development. They've also got straight mineral. I know a lot of guys like to run mineral in the springtime for, again, for for lactating does, fawn development, and what we all like to see, antler development. So lots of options. Monster Whitetail Grub has what you need. Check them out. Go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors. There's a link there that uh, puts you in touch with them. They're getting their, their product in more and more retail locations, so there may be a retail location near you. If not, you can just order it straight from Monster Whitetail Grub. So lots of good options. The product works. We've had very good luck with it, so check them out, Monster Whitetail Grub. So if a guy's looking to get a kayak and do some fishing out of it, what uh, what should we be thinking about considering since you've done this a little bit i want your insight um well the first very first recommendation i would have is buy a fishing kayak instead of buying a regular kayak and trying to retrofit it for fishing okay just buy a fishing kayak i mean uh, it's basically comparable in price anyways especially now so what makes a kayak a fishing kayak? Well, really, the the main thing that you want, you know, the, that you would retrofit, basically, is like a pole holder, fishing pole holder. More than one would okay. be nice. Um, because, yeah, it's uh, trying to put a fishing pole holder onto a kayak, you know, retrofitting it there, you're just wasting your time and money money and if you want to use it for something else and the fishing pole holder looks kind of ugly and gets in the way where if you buy one that just has you know a, a whole fishing pole holder molded into it it you know it's not in the way it's molded into the side of it so a fishing pole holder like the the handle of the pole goes in it or something that lays yeah. along the length of the kayak so as you're paddling no no something that uh the 
the handle of the fishing pole goes in it. Okay. And then that way you can troll if you want to. You know, you can put the fishing pole in there and paddle, and you're basically trolling for fish. Okay. When the fish bites, you know, it bends the pole back, and you grab the pole and reel the fish in. And so you you end up, it could serve double duty, right? You can sort of troll with it, or if you're just looking to get from here to there, you're not fishing, you just stick the pole in it so the pole's not sliding off the side right. of the kayak or something right. while you're yeah. rope over there. Paddling. Yeah. And uh, the next thing, which is more of a preference thing, is, you know, a big decision is whether you want to go with a sit-on or sit-in kayak. Um, most people that fish from a kayak use a sit-on kayak, um, which is just, you know, you sit on top of it and there isn't a shell that goes around your legs. Um, okay. Most people use sit on because they're sturdier. You know, there's a larger surface area contacting the water, so it's sturdier, less likely for you to tip over, fall in. Also, kind of gives you a little bit, you know, they, it tends to give you a little more room, you know, to put stuff with a sit so a on. Sit, so a sit in kayak is, is what, more maneuverable? Um, I mean, the main benefit I see of a sit-in is when the boats are trying to, uh, you know, sink you, the water runs over the kayak instead of into your lap, trying to wash things, you know, off your kayak. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would, I would assume, yeah, sit-in kayak would be a little more maneuverable, easier to maneuver. Um, you know, because of its narrower frame. I mean, because that's know. what you see on, I know nothing about kayaks. So that's the beauty of this. I can ask any question, uh-huh. stupid questions, whatever. That's what you see, like the whitewater kayaking guys, right? They're, those are sit in kayaks, right? Yeah. Well, and people that are whitewater kayaking, yeah, typically those are, those are sit in kayaks and those are sit in kayaks that have, like a a watertight seal that goes around your waist so you don't right, like a neoprene or something yeah 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 um yeah and another benefit of a of a sit on typically is a sit on kayak typically has a way to drain it while you're sitting in it where a sit in a lot of times does not have any way to drain it other than to shovel it out, you know, bucket it out of the kayak. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, the, the main way with most sit-in kayaks that you get water out of it is to go to shore and pull the drain flip plug. And, yeah, or just flip it over, yeah. Typically they okay. have drain plugs, though. Oh, okay. You can just drain it. Um. A sit-on kayak has drains in it that when the water comes over, the water drains through the kayak. Ah, okay. So, see, I was surprised to hear you say that the sit-on is more stable because 
I would have assumed a sit-in to be more stable because your center of grab. I would imagine your center of gravity is lower if you're sitting down in this thing. But maybe because you are up higher, they make the sit-ons wider to give you that like lateral stability. Yes, yes. Sit-ons typically are wider. Okay. And yeah, you have you have a lot more surface area on the water. Okay. You know, instead of you know, it's like a flat bottom boat versus a V bottom boat, you know, like that's kind of the, the difference, if you will. Okay. Um but yeah, most most people who kayak fish use a sit on kayak. Okay. I would imagine that's better, like being up higher feels like it would be better for like casting, getting, you know, putting your casts where you want them to go versus being closer to the surface of the water. Yeah, 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 it probably is. I mean, I, I don't notice a ton of difference, but I'm, I'm sure it is, you know, and it helps. I mean, it definitely helps you see if you're somewhere where the water's really clear. Um, you know, it helps you see down into the water, you know, instead of being being up a little higher. Yeah. Being up a little higher, you can see down into the water and, you know, sometimes you can see like, oh, hey, there's a fish there. I just need the cast to it. Right. Okay. So what do you, what do you need? I mean, cause to your point about like, you know, water coming over the edge, trying to wash stuff off the kayak. It feels like you'd have to have some sort of plan or system for containing all your stuff. Because, like, dock fishing, a lot of times with me, stuff ends up strewn everywhere, right? I got pliers here. I got, you know, tackle boxes there. My water bottle's over there. The cooler, like, do they, like... What do you, how do you do that? Do you just have to pare your system down to like a small tackle box? And how does that work? Yeah, I, I have my system pared down to a, a, a very small tackle box. Okay. You know, I, I pick what I want to use that day, what I'm going after. And, you know, that's all I have. It's, I don't know, maybe a nine by three double sided tackle box you know it's like i don't know a couple inches thick two inches thick maybe and then it's nine inches long three inches wide yeah you know it's small and it's got a a lanyard on it you know it's basically like a what's the word what are those things that the that that women carry around it's like Like a fishing wristlet like a yeah, or a clutch yeah. purse or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. It's like a clutch purse, but for fishing. It's got a I like a a loop on it that I can tie, you know, so that if it's all sealed up, water does come over, it doesn't wash off. It's tied to the kayak or tied to me. I think we should make stickers that say something like that: fishing wristlet or uh... yeah. <laughs> For your for your small uh, tackle boxes. Yeah. Okay, so you're not because uh, what I'm thinking, what Jacob and I need is we need two kayaks 
one that we're fishing out of and one to tow behind us with the, <laughs> with the rest of our stuff. See, yeah, that's called your <laughs> wife's kayak. Uh, yeah. See, that's, I, I, you know, cause a lot of times I'll go fishing and my wife will be out reading a book. She'll go out on the kayak and read a book. And, uh-huh. uh, I, I, you know, put a little extra stuff in her kayak. There you go. Or okay. sometimes if, if my kayak's getting a little too weighted down, then her kayak becomes the fish kayak. <laughs> you know, she's got to just sit, sit with the fish. I like it. Yeah. Does she manage your snacks for you too while you're out there? Or how does that work? Yeah. Typically she would manage the snacks. Typically. I mean, that's just about everything we do. She manages the snacks. <laughs> you know, I mean, we go hunting. She's got to have her snacks. Um, you know. So. And yeah, She's typically in- snacks go uh, in a dry bag. You know, I have a dry bag that holds up. That way your snacks don't get all soggy. Yeah, that's never good. And then my one kayak has a a dry box in it that, you know, that's another thing that if uh, my sit-in kayak has a dry box, so I can add, I can put extra stuff in it, extra lures and stuff. It's not easy to, uh, to really access while you're on the kayak. You got to really turn around, but, oh, okay. you know, if I can just cruise up to a beach or something you know, river edge, I can hop out, switch out stuff, get back in the kayak and be on my way. Gotcha. So the the other thing I think about as a newbie kayaker is uh, comfort. How comfortable are these things sitting on for, you know, a couple hours at a time? Or what do you, uh, you know, is comfort a consideration that you can buy better or worse yeah i would say comfort's probably the the biggest factor with uh how expensive they are okay you know the more expensive they are the more comfortable they are um but it's it's also pretty easy to make a kayak that's not comfortable comfortable pretty pretty easily you know take a a towel and roll it up and you know put it under your butt and you know maybe take a one of them like hunting foam things and you know add it you know put it to add cushioning to your backrest or whatever okay and i mean my main thing with things being uncomfortable probably wouldn't affect you too much I'm tall, so my legs get uncomfortable pretty easily. Gotcha. You know, like I, there's only so much room to put your legs. A lot of times I'll, I end up throwing my legs, you know, when I'm actually fishing, my legs are thrown over the sides. Oh, like hanging in the water? Yeah, I'm man spreading. And my legs are hanging in the water. (laughs) That's why people try to sink you. <laughs> Take it in, 
fellas. All right. <laughs> Jeff, more importantly, when are you going to outfit one of these kayaks to hunt duck out of? Uh, that's that's my plan this upcoming year is to try to duck hunt from the kayak. At least, you know, use it for for access to places to go duck hunting. I I had plans last year, but never really got around to it. So that's that's my plans for this upcoming year is to outfit one. Probably not to hunt necessarily out of, but access hunting areas from. Because what's the rules on that? Like, are you allowed to shoot from a kayak? As long as it's man-powered, yes. If it's Uh, powered by, and this is, don't quote me on this, but this is by my understanding what I've read so far. If it's powered by an electric or gas motor, like if you have an electric motor on it, trolling motor, that has to be completely, like, in order to shoot, it has to be completely shut off. And I think your momentum from using it has to stop. Okay. And then you can shoot. So, yeah, you can. It's legal to float a river and jump shoot waterfowl. Like, that's something that people do. Okay. Um, On public land, it seems to be pretty dangerous. You know, I've heard a lot of stories where it's like, oh, hey, some guy came down the river and blasted my decoys and, you know, sent shot into my blind right yeah you know because you come around a a bend and you're you know as the the hunter you know you come around a bend and there's ducks in the water you pull up and shoot quick and then you realize oh hey that was just someone's decoy spread that i just blasted yeah yeah i can see that being dangerous yeah i went to a friend's house for dinner i mean this has probably been a year ago but we were talking in his garage and he had a duck hunting kayak he had outfitted it where he could like basically made a duck blind on his kayak like he had made it so that he could like it had like doors and everything so like he could like close himself in brush himself all in and like do like a pop-out thing Right, yeah. Some people like a layback style. Yeah, yeah. It was something where he had built onto it, you know, with like PVC pipe and like different things. He built like a big old collapsible system. And once he got to where he was going, I think he just kind of anchored his boat by the shore or wherever, put his decoys around, and like almost set up like a pop up blind on his kayak that then had the doors that he could pop open and start blasting yeah some people have lay down blind kayaks basically which yeah i mean i'm not i'm not there yet by any means i you know i'm just hoping that next year i'll be able to use it for access and you know pull it up on shore and brush it in or whatever so that i can you know get ducks the land in the river or lake that i'm hunting on the shore of sure so um 
a little bit off topic, but on the subject of ducks, uh, you had mentioned, you know, possibly getting ducks. And when you, you guys were over at my house this weekend, your wife did not seem, <laughs> she did not seem in favor of that idea. So what's the, what's the story there? She doesn't want ducks. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't really like birds in general. Um, I think from a cleanliness standpoint, like she just, she's not a big fan of having birds as livestock or pets. Gotcha. She just, she's, she's not a fan. And uh, I think the other thing is, yeah, I basically, I wanted ducks as meat ducks. Basically I was just gonna have them around for a little bit and, you know, basically let them do their thing. And, uh, you know, come fall, I was going to kill them and eat them. And I don't think she's too keen on that either. Basically having something that, you know, like a pet, you know, that's not, basically it's not a pig or a cow that we're going to then kill and eat. I mean, she would, I think she would be more than happy to kill a chicken. I don't think she really likes chickens at all. (laughs) Especially our, uh, her brother has chickens and they have some aggressive ones. Oh, okay. They they get, they get broody. Oh. She doesn't, you know, that really made her not like them. They turn into attack chickens. Yeah, I don't. There, there's two that they're they're little fluffy black ones, and they're aggressive. You hmm. just got to go in there, and they they come at you, and you just basically got to punt them away. <laughs> I mean, they're they as soon as you walk in the the coop, they they come at you full bore, hmm. and you know I. They're, they could definitely scratch you up. I mean, right? They're not they're not coming for your eyes, but they they'll try to kick your legs off. Yeah. All right. So back to kayaks, though. What uh, what else do I need to be considering for if I'm going to be thinking about fishing out of a kayak? Um. Well mentioning comfort um a life vest get a comfortable life vest um because Uh, like that's in my opinion that's way more important for your comfort than the seat of the kayak is you know if you got a life vest especially like those orange emergency life vests (laughs) not one of those yeah like that's not those aren't comfortable um they're not you gotta the entire time you're in it or i mean legally no you have to have it but you don't have to wear it but you probably i mean if you get a comfortable one there's no reason not to wear it basically i mean unless you're worried about tan lines or something and i mean a lot of a lot of places it's required i mean some 
some public places it's required. You have to wear a life vest the whole time. Um, a lot of other like public boat ramps, you have to wear a life vest at least to launch your boat. You know, and then once you get out on the water, you can take it off. Like, you know, the, the ramp is a safety zone, so you have to be wearing a life vest. Oh, okay. But yeah, if you have a comfortable one, there's really no reason not to wear it. Okay. You know, I, it's especially, uh, you know, when a boat's trying to, you know, a speedboat is trying to drown you, you know, you You'll be, You'll be happy you had it. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, when you're, especially, you know, I mean, I've had situations where I've, you know, basically gotten flooded out by a boat. And, you know, as your kayak's building up water inside of it, as you're paddling to the shore, it's like, well, hopefully uh, I can get to shore before this thing fills up and starts sinking and I'm going to have to basically drag my flooded kayak back to shore you know, instead of paddling it. Yeah. You know, cause I've gotten it probably a quarter of the way full of water, mm-hmm. which I mean, that's a lot of water. I mean, that's a lot of water weight. Right. Yeah. You know, so, so is your butt wet at that point? Yeah. If your kayak's a quarter of the way full, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your your butts you're sitting in water, um, stuff's floating inside of your kayak. Like you're, Okay, you're, so now you're <laughs> this brings me to another question then. Not necessarily related to uh kayak fishing, but kayaks in general. So it sounds as though you want to be wearing like swim trunks or some sort of fast drying pants and underwear because if you're at risk of getting your butt wet i certainly don't want to be sitting there with wet underwear all day yeah i mean it's it's definitely nice to be wearing fast drying clothes um especially if you're going to be somewhere that is going to have wake from other boats if you're going out on a a flat lake you know that has you know either no powered boats or you know a a horsepower restriction the five horsepower you're you're not at much risk for getting all that wet other than things that you're doing i mean sometimes you'll splash yourself with water or water will run down your paddle if you don't know what you're doing you know, gotcha. runs down your paddle and into the boat into your lap um so i mean you yeah i mean when you're kayaking you're definitely almost always getting at least a little bit wet i mean if you're on flat water you could stay pretty darn dry but you're still probably going to get you know i don't know at least a tablespoon of water on you yeah. at some point yeah okay um but yeah, if you're going to be somewhere that you're going to have some sort of wake from boats or waves, you know, if it's real windy and you're on a big lake or something, and that's, I mean, really the wind can only really make waves big enough to, unless you're on Lake Erie, 
Um, if you're on a sit-on kayak, you know, sit-on kayak, you might get a the wind creating a wave that's big enough to kind of splash you. Okay. All right. So what else? Is there anything else? Because I'm looking for like more necessity type things when purchasing a kayak. You know, stuff like anchors and all that other stuff is nice to haves, not need to haves. I'm assuming. Is there anything else like in the need to have or or at least consider category? Um. Oh, this is a big one. I can't believe I almost forgot this. Uh, a cup holder is really important. <laughs> okay. Like. You know, a, a lot of people make funny fun of like how many cup holders does a car have? Well, you need a cup holder in a kayak. You really need a cup holder. You know, something okay. to hold a water bottle because you're going to use it mostly in fairly warm weather and you're going to want water. Yeah. So, having a one or do I need multiple? Well, I mean just one's probably good, really. Um, what if I need one for my water and one for my cup of worms? Well, well, then you might need two. (laughs) Um, but yeah, a cup holder is important. Um, because yeah, that, that's one thing you'll get a lot of use out of, you know, no matter what, no matter what you're doing with the kayak, you know, you're going to want. A, a water bottle holder, a cup holder, something. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, and it's nice to have a closed, you know, instead of taking a cup of water out with you or something. Yeah. It's nice to have a closed water bottle, obviously, because yeah. getting dirty water in your clean water. Not ideal. Yeah, not ideal. Um, okay. Yeah, and I mean, beyond that, it kind of depends on really what you're planning to to do with it. Um, like what type of fishing? Yeah, type of fishing, or if, I mean, I guess this is, or if you're planning to have it, you know, be multi-use. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. I mean, cause, cool, like- yeah, have, having a built-in dry box is pretty nice. Um. You know, that way, if you you can keep stuff dry, you know, pack a lunch, keep it dry. Uh, whatever, you, you know, whatever you need to keep dry. Sure. Um, some of them have built in dry bags. Um, I don't think that's really a, that much of a selling point because you can just go to Walmart and buy dry bags. They're they're fairly cheap, and tie it to your kayak if you you know really want to tie it on, um, you know because it's nice to keep your phone in a dry bag, you know, because you never know what's gonna happen, especially with yeah. a sit on kayak. It's nice to kind of have your phone in a dry bag tied to your wrist or you know tied to your vest you know, your life vest so that if, if you do happen to capsize somehow, you know, cause with a sit on kayak, there tends to be a, a lot more interaction with the water. You know, you're, 
you're getting more water on you than a sit-in kayak. Okay. But with a sit-in kayak, if you get water inside of it, you're sitting with that water unless you can bail it out somehow. You know. Gotcha. So. Okay. But yeah, and I, I, you really, I mean, the the main thing is you really got to, before you go out fishing, you got to, I mean, you can take a big tackle box if you want. I just, I'm not brave enough to do that. You know, take a big tackle box that might get dumped off my kayak. And I mean, you can, right. and you can yeah. buy a, a soft-sided floating tackle box if you want. You know, but I found it just easier to just basically know what I'm fishing for and pack a little tackle box and go from there you know i can keep my big tackle box at the car and if i want to change things up i can paddle back to shore go to the car and change out what i have in my little tackle box yeah okay all right last question i have what uh like price range are we talking for a decent uh entry level that you could use for fishing and for just recreating Entry level, yeah, a decent entry level one you should be able to get for 300 bucks or less. Okay. Um, and I mean, uh, 300 bucks is you if you shop around because that's the, the other thing is like shop around, make sure you know the deals because a lot of times with especially with kayaks like they don't even put the correct sale price on the kayaks because they they don't turn over enough you know so Uh a a lot of times when you go into dick sporting goods or whatever you know you kind of got to ask like is this is this the actual price or do you is this on sale all right okay you know because a lot of times they don't turn over enough that and it just gets forgotten so okay i mean you can get a fairly decent kayak you know for 300 bucks or less and i mean 200 bucks isn't you know i wouldn't be afraid of a kayak that's 200 bucks like you can get a a good kayak for 200 bucks if you're dropping below 200 bucks yeah, <laughs> it's probably, probably. I mean, unless it's end of the year blowout sale. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, three hundred bucks. You should easily be able to find a pretty decent kayak, and you know, and uh, don't be afraid to basically ask to sit in the kayak. You know, uh, before you buy it. Like, ask for him to take it down and put it on the floor so you can sit in it. And a lot of, you know, because a lot of times it's like, oh, well, this is a nice kayak and it all looks nice. And then when you actually sit in it, it's like, you know, what were the people thinking when they designed this? This isn't comfortable at all. Oh, okay. You know, like, I, I... uh, borrowed a friend's kayak one time and uh like the seat was like i don't know it was like a bucket like you were actually sitting in a bucket it felt like 
And I was like, I, why would you ever design a kayak like this? Like <laughs> the water splashes over the side and then it goes directly to your butt. Like it, oh, this is a terrible God. design. And like, yeah. it just didn't, it, it didn't feel, you know, it folded you in half. And then, yeah, when water, you know, it was a sit on kayak and when water came over, it just funneled right to your butt. So. Huh. I, okay. But yeah, that's, right, well, that's my advice. I think that was a good, uh, at least for me. It, if anything else, it was helpful, <laughs> helpful for me. So hopefully it was uh, helpful for somebody else out there. If anybody else, listeners, have any, you know, kayak fishing tips or advice, you know, we'd love to hear that. Just, you know, general kayak use tips, any any pro tips or anything like that. We like hearing that kind of stuff. So unless yeah. you guys and have you anything also, else, you, go well, ahead. You don't, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for a comfortable life vest either. Um, oh, okay. You know, shop around for those as well. Um, it seems like your Cabela's brand or your Bass Pro brand life vests are some of the best, you know, of affordable life vests. You know, because you can you can spend a lot of money on life vests. Okay. And, you know, it you don't need to. I mean, depends on how comfortable you want to be, I guess, but. A lot of times you don't need to spend a lot of money on a life vest for it to be comfortable. You just got to basically buy the right life vest, you know, go somewhere, try it on or order it online and try it on. If you don't like it, return it. I've seen these life vests that uh, it probably depends on where you're at on their like if they are legal, but they are super thin and not buoyant but if you go overboard they have like a rip cord on a handle or something you pull the handle and i think it's got a co2 cartridge in it or something and it it basically inflates the life vest on command if you will but normally it's not a but so like if you fall overboard and hit your head on a rock and get knocked out i think you're sol Uh that's why i say i'm not sure on like the I saw him on another uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, these yeah, guys I've, doing scuba diving type stuff. Yeah, I've I've seen those, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know much about them, but I've I've seen them. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let everybody get back to their morning, day, evening, whenever you're whenever you're listening to this, and. We'll talk to everybody next week. All right. So that's it for this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation, got something out of it, maybe got some some interesting tidbits there. If you're thinking about getting into kayak fishing or looking at, at buying a kayak in general, and hopefully you're enjoying your spring so far. So maybe you're getting out and doing some fishing already. If so, kudos to you if you would if you like this episode or any of our other episodes if if you feel like we've earned it 
I would appreciate you subscribing to the podcast. That way you, you're automatically notified when we release new content. And also, if you like it or you know somebody else who you think might like it, send them a link to the podcast. We're on all the, the major podcast platforms, so whether you're iPhone, Android, whatever, you can even listen right in your web browser. So whatever you like, lots of ways to listen. We would greatly appreciate that. And with that, we will talk to everybody next week. Thanks for listening.